Hello, beautiful. I'm your host, Samantha Roberto, and I want to thank you for joining the conversation. We are a space of women empowering women, and each week we dive into authentic and vulnerable stories because we believe it's important to have these conversations to learn and grow from one another. So remember to subscribe to get your weekly dose of inspiration. Today, I'm speaking with Nadine from The Social Shells. So Nadine's one of those people who you hear about that was in the nine to five in the rat race and then one day just sort of got fed up and decided to walk away from it to pursue her passion of traveling around the world. The coolest thing about it is that from this one decision, she actually managed to create a thriving business to help other women do the same. So are you curious how it's done? Keep listening and you're going to find out. What do you think? Is there more to the world than sitting behind the desk all day doing the nine to five? Oh my God, yes. <laughs> but it took me a while to real not to realize it. I knew it from the beginning, but to get out from the desk and actually see all that stuff, that takes courage. But there is so much more, so much more beyond my wildest dream is so much more. And it's really one of those things that until you're living it, until you get a glimpse of it, it's really hard to believe. And I mean, I was a big traveler too, and I saw so many digital nomads doing their thing. And I always wondered, like, how? And we were lucky because we were able to travel and at least see it. For someone who's never really left their nine-to-five routine, this is going to sound like, what are you talking about? It is. And to be honest, when I was in my nine to five, there wasn't even Instagram. So I didn't even have like that connection to see what kind of life other people were living. So it was like you said, when I was traveling, I saw like, well, hang on, there are other people who are doing that. What are they doing? And why am I not doing that? So there is a whole other world out there, but we are consumed, obviously, but we have to pay our bills so we are working like nine hours a day and don't even realize that it's not not even necessarily in order to pay for your travels you can do whatever you want that's beautiful okay so let's take us back tell us a little bit about your story I mean I know you're from Switzerland and I've been to Switzerland it's a very organized rigid (laughs) How'd you break free from this? <laughs> well, I think we don't. Majority doesn't. And um, it is true. It's mostly corporate company. I used to work for an insurance company for a long, long time. Then I moved to a radio station, which in my opinion was like, well, now it's fun, right? Like I have this um, interesting task. I get to do interviews with celebrities, etc. But in the end of the day, you're sitting at your desk in your nine to five, maybe the tasks are more interesting, but what's still the same is you have to be there at seven, you have half an hour of lunch break, and when you're lucky, you can leave at six. So that was my life for 28 years. And at one point, I just was like, I wouldn't call myself depressed, but just really not happy. And I felt like that's not what life is all about. I don't just wanna get up feeling okay. I want to get up happy and have all the emotions. So I, at one point, just literally quit my job, sold all my stuff, including my apartment, and left to travel without a plan. Not that I suggest that, but that's what I did. 
Wow. Was there a catalyst moment before that that just pushed you over that edge of enough is enough or was it a slow build up? Let's dig into mm, that, that a little bit. Question. So it was a slow build up for sure, but there was a catalyst moment now looking back. It was at a Christmas party. I remember we were like 50 people there and the CEO of the company went on stage and he started making dirty, nasty jokes about coworkers, sexist jokes about women and I was sitting there thinking to myself what the hell is going on here I was like I felt like I'm watching a movie I was like this cannot be it a week later I handed in my resignation because I was like that's massive sign for me that I do not belong here this is not my world I literally have chills and this is I mean before social media as much before the Me Too movement. It's just, it's wild Mm -hmm. to think how far we've come with social media. Probably look back at that moment and you look back and you're like, thank God, in a way, not that thank God that he said that, but thank God you you just, enough was enough and you moved on because look at the life you're having. Totally. And to be honest, I haven't really shared that story with many people, but I started thinking about it lately and I felt like sometimes we just take so much and think it's normal because no one else says something. You're right now with the Me Too movement, et cetera, we're like, we're a bit more sensitive, but still there's so much going on where we feel like, oh, we'll just have to endure that. And we do not. And I feel really lucky now that I listen to my inner voice and I'm super sure that there are other women out there who have that inner voice and I just hope that they listen to it as well, even though it is a very hard voice to listen to sometimes because we have so much noise from the outside, from our environment telling us to shut that voice down and just to be normal and go to a nine to five and just do the normal job especially in Switzerland where you really just have to follow the rules, right? I love that you highlight that because, I mean, we all have that inner voice. That inner voice is a big part of my story. And I feel like people don't even talk about the inner voice, really. It's more just like, you should be normal. You should be grateful. Look what you have. You got a house. What more do you want? Yeah, so I think that was something that I struggled with a long time because I don't want to sound ungrateful. Like I do know that I'm privileged, was able to live in Switzerland. I had an apartment, I had all these clothes. So that then I double judged myself. Like, you know, you're like, oh, I don't like it, but also I should like it. So I felt really bad. So that's why I couldn't get out. But now I own one suitcase and I am happier than ever before I had 40 pairs of shoes. And I thought like it made me happy to buy a new pair of shoes for like five minutes, but then it's over. Right. And now I get to get outside, take my computer and work by the pool. That makes me happier than any pair of shoes ever could. Right. Mm. So I do believe that we do judge ourselves and the environment judges us as well. But happiness for every person is really so different. And happiness, I think, really comes down to listening to inner, inner voice. The inner voice will tell us different mm-hmm. things. But when you start to listen, you can peel back the layers and navigate the path to your happy, whatever it may be. Exactly. So I'm curious for you, did you know what you were passionate about and what you wanted to do when, when you left? Or was that something you kind of figured out? How did that 
purpose because so many people struggle with, I know I want to do something different, but I don't know what that looks like. And that's a layer of pressure. How did that look for you? Mm, I love that question. So no, and I think that's another reason why I never left. I was like, well, I don't really know what I like. I like to travel, but I don't know what's passionate for me about work. So then when I left, it was really out of desperation, not because I found my new passion. And while I was traveling, I realized, you know what? My passion is travel. And I might as well just find a job that pays for that travel rather than combine my passion with my work. So instead of finding my philanthropy that also pays for my life, I just found a job and that was social media management for other clients. But that gave me money to travel and to go anywhere I wanted to. So really, it wasn't that I I didn't get up every morning and felt like, oh, wow, I love social media management. Even though I liked what I was doing, I was not that passionate about it. But I could work whenever I wanted to and from wherever I wanted to. And then in the free time, I could travel. And that was my passion. So really... If you don't know your passion when it comes to work, just find out what else you like and take it from there. And really on the journey, I figured out so many things. I tried so many things that were not good for me, but at least I knew, okay, I don't want to do that. And then at one point you might find something that you feel like, yeah, I'm actually okay with that. And then you just stick with it. And if you don't like it anymore after a year, then you'll find something new. I absolutely love that. And it's really like the experiment of it all. I mean, you don't even know what you like or don't like if you don't try. So why not try and go and see and figure it out? And you're going to find there's going to be things that you may love. There's going to be things that are totally not you. Maybe right now the you that you are isn't necessarily the you that you love or vice versa, right? So it's like give yourself space to be a, a scientist. Mm, I love that. Yeah. And really like also I see that with the girls in my program, they come in, they learn how to become a social media manager. And after a year, they find, oh, I love coaching. Oh, I love this. I love that. But they would have never in their life sit in their nine to five thinking, oh, at one point I want to be a business coach. They started with one small thing and then they learned more things during their journey. And then at one point they found something that they truly passionate about. So I think it's really then just to take messy action. As long as it gives you the freedom, that was always my highest priority. Go for it. What was the hardest part about your transition? You traveled around the world, landed in Bali, fell in love with Bali, which I can totally see why it is a Mm -hmm. epicenter of digital nomads, beautiful beaches, cute cafes. It's really an incredible lifestyle. But along that journey, tell us about some of the struggles and the darker moments you had. Yeah. So when I was looking for ways to make money, I was already, I already ran out of money. So I didn't really have time or to invest in like coaches or anything like that. I was just like, okay, I need money now. So I was a bit I took more desperate actions than actually would be necessary because you get like so, you know, your mind gets clouded like, oh my God, I need money now. So I just started doing stuff rather than just taking a minute and like making a plan. Okay, how do I find clients? How do I go from here? So that was like a really a big struggle in the beginning. Luckily, I found clients 
pretty fast. So I was able to get myself out of there. And the other struggle was really when my boyfriend at the time was going to work. He was working in a hotel, so he had basically his nine to five there. And I was just sat alone in front of my computer. So I was really lacking a community of other women who were in the same position as me. Because yeah, there are many digital nomads in Bali, but I just couldn't find someone who was like in a similar position as I am looking for, you know, for a higher purpose or really like just starting out. So I felt alone a lot in the beginning, I must say. And I think that's another reason why I then even created my program because I just wanted to bring other women together also for my sake so that I had that kind of community, you know? Totally. And that's usually how our passions unfold or what we end up doing, what we love because we're like, hey, we need this in our life. Let me create it. So Yes, you, exactly. So you have a community of women that you're working with there and helping go from the nine to five to the freelance and being able to work from their computer. What is the biggest common fears you see in the woman that you're working with? It's a fear of failure. It's really like, what if I don't find a client? What if it's not working out? What if I start doing stuff and then I just don't find a client? I don't have money and then what do I do then? And the second one is fear of getting judged by your environment because you're doing something different. So these two things are the most common and that's also the two things that I had obviously when I was starting out. But because I was in Bali, I didn't have the fear of getting judged by my environment because my environment was hundreds of kilometers away, right? So that's why I bring these women together in a community so they see, oh, there are other women who think like me. I'm not a weirdo. I'm not strange. I just think different than the majority in the country I'm living in. But when you bring them together online, it's like, oh, we all talk the same language. And that will help with the fear of failure as well, because once one woman gets a client, it kind of creates momentum, not just for her, but for the whole group. Because they see, oh, she's been in the exact same position as I am. She's not an influencer. She doesn't have a million Instagram followers. She's just sitting in her nine to five and she did the strategies and she got a client so she can work towards that digital nomad goal as well. And yeah, these are the two struggles I see the most. Mm. And what are three pieces of advice you'd give to a woman listening right now who isn't happy in her job and who is feeling the call within her to do something more, but not sure what it is. So she's sort of in that like torn space. So the first one would be to reach out to anyone that you feel has similar feelings, like even just DM me, because I feel once you shared it with someone, it's such a huge relief. Every time someone messaged me and I message back and say, look, this is how I, I felt, they're like, oh my God, that makes so much sense. And I'm so glad I'm not alone. The second one is don't try to figure it out by yourself. I always use as an example, like if you have, if you're in a, in a foreign country and you need to go to a certain place and you wouldn't have Google Maps, no other maps, you would probably find it, but it would take you forever. 
But if someone hands you the map, you can go from A to B so much faster. So find someone who's already walked the journey you want to walk and let them help you or at least let them tell you what they did that worked. So that would be my second advice. And then the third one is, if you don't follow your inner calling, um, what you will have in life is not even 50% of the happiness you could have. So even though I thought for so many years, I'm just going to follow the rules, do what everyone else does, and then eventually at one point I will wake up and be so happy and it just never happened. The minute you step out of that life, even though it feels so scary and you're scared that everyone's going to judge you and you might end up at the end of the world first alone, but you wake up and you're like, oh my God, that's how I always wanted to feel. So the third one is a hard one, but it's just to jump, even though when you're scared. After that very first jump, a whole new world opens up. But I do know that the first jump, it is tricky to do. But I honestly can tell you it's so worth it. I totally agree. I remember my first flight when I was traveling. I cried on the plane. I was so scared. And when I landed in Thailand, I went solo. I cried in the hostel. I was so scared. But then a half hour later, I met a group of people. And I felt like the jump is so scary but so worth it because you get wings. Mm, I love that you said that because I am terrified of flying. And if there's just the slightest shaking or anything, literally tears come out of my, my whole face is covered and I cry because I'm so scared. And I had a follower once messaging me saying, why are you still flying around the world when you're so scared? And I said, because what I get in exchange is way better than the fear in that very moment. Mm, that's so beautiful. So what would be a book that has changed your life or had an impact on you? So it would be The Secret, even though by now I have read many other books that are probably even better or explain it more in detail. The Secret was the very first book that even brought me into this whole new world of law of attraction or anything you could do with your subconscious mind. That was the very first book. And the reason why I named this book is because just before I left Switzerland, I was also studying and I didn't pass my bachelor thesis for some health reasons. And I intervened with the dean and I said, look, this is the problem, explain the whole situation. And he said, look, I can bring it to the board. There's never been a case like that. And chances are less than 1%. There's a board of eight old men who's going to decide. So basically they decided on my future and I would just do those principles that the secret would explain every single day. It was I think it was three weeks that I had to wait. And even my my parents and everyone else was like, look, I think you should prepare for the worst case scenario. I'm like, no, I'm getting a bottle of champagne because the best case scenario is going to happen. And guess what? They voted in my favor. Wow. I totally believe in manifestation, belief, mm. and like just knowing, like, no, it's going to happen. Put all of your energy towards that possibility and watch it unfold. It's just pure magic to me because what, what I always thought about manifestation was like, you just 
sit on your couch and think, I want to have a million dollars. But that's not how it works. And I think because I put in the action as well, I went to that board and I held my speech and I said, look, this is what I did and these are all my grades, blah, 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 blah. And then I did the manifestation as in like I felt for the best positive outcome. I think when you do the action and the manifestation, it just can only become a good thing. And I think that's why I say The Secret, that was the very first book that brought me into this world and it worked right away. So if you're sitting in your cubicle, if you're at work and you want to make a transition into a new career, a new life, a new thing, just picture yourself on the beach working from your laptop and hold into the sun on your skin, the waves crashing in the background, you know, drinking that pina colada there and just feel it. Mm, I love that. I think for me and might be for other women in their cubicle at the moment too, surrender has always been really hard because I'm someone I want to achieve things. I want to like do stuff in order to get to my goal. I did it constantly without even realizing that that's what I was doing because I would have a journal and my Pinterest board where I would write down how I want my life to look like. I would write what kind of villa I want to have and that I wanted to live at the beach. And all the things I wrote down in those many years have manifested now. And I'm just slowly realizing that's literally everything that I've ever written down. Mm. So I think surrender is really hard for me and maybe for other women as well but I just call it instead of surrendering I just call it like imagining how the life could look like and then thinking and holding on to that picture so strong that it eventually becomes true I love the way you put that so what are three things that you do to maintain balance in your life Mm, great question. <laughs> sometimes it works out, sometimes it doesn't. But what I definitely started doing is having a daily beach walk because I realized there were times where I suddenly was working a lot since I have basically my social media client and my coaching clients. And I realized, hey, I moved to an island in order to be at the beach. So I just make this a priority. I have a beach walk where I clear my thoughts. Then the second one is um, meditating, which is really important for me because I'm such a, I'm always in my mind. I'm a person I have, I don't know, I, I sometimes feel like I have more thoughts than any person on this planet. Probably everyone does think that. So meditation has helped me a lot. And journaling, I do that together. And I think the third thing is just something where I don't have to think. So anything that gets me out of my mind in my body. And sometimes it might be a workout and sometimes it might be meeting friends, but anything where I know it takes me out of my mind and I'm just in that very moment. So I'll try not to be strict with that because anything that I feel that day, maybe I want to get a manicure, then that's that for that day. Anything out of these three things I do on a regular basis to really keep my balance. Beautiful. And for anybody listening, if you don't have a beach, it could also be a nature walk. Just get out in yeah. nature, connect with nature. So that's number one. Yes, um, connect with nature. If anybody wants to find you, where can they do that? They can find me on my website, thesocialshells.com 
or on my Instagram, that would be blonde underline seashell. Awesome. Okay, Nadine, thank you so much for taking the time to chat. I'm so grateful that you did. Thank you so much for having me. Thank you. All right, there you have it. What did you think? You ready to hand in that resignation? If you made it this far, remember to screenshot and tag Nadine and I in your IG stories for a chance to be featured. We love to hear your takeaways. I'll include Nadine's contact info in the show notes, so reach out to her if you have any questions. And if you haven't already, remember to subscribe because next week we have another inspiring woman on to share her valuable message. So until then, keep being you, be beautiful.